Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to be reading in verses 35 and 36. The writer of Hebrews says, Cast not away therefore your confidence. Now this is referring to your faith and why it goes on to say, which has great recompense of reward. I want you to remember again that Hebrews 11.6 said, But without faith it is impossible to please God, because he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you remember that? All right, and so that's why he's saying here, which has great recompense of reward. Your faith has a reward. But verse 36 says, For you have need of patience. Listen very carefully. He says that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I want you to notice that he didn't say that you need patience because you did something wrong. You know, you, did, you need patience because, you know, God's saying, well, wait, we'll wait on him until he figures it out or she figures it out. And then when they figure it out and when they get it right, then we'll let them have what they want. And meanwhile, they've just got to have patience and try to, you know, work out why I'm not giving it to them right now. It says none of those things. I'm making all this up, obviously. All right. But it tells you, I want you to see something. It says in the previous verse, don't cast away your confidence. Don't cast away your faith. And I want you to notice it says that there is a reward attached to it. But it says there, there is a point in time when you've prayed, when you've believed that you need patience. If the thing doesn't appear in immediately, all right, if, if, if it doesn't sort of suddenly turn up on your doorstep or whatever, uh, it, it tells you something that there is a, what I call a time lapse that takes place between the time you say amen and, you know, there it is, <laughs> all right? And the, the writer of Hebrew is saying, listen, you need to understand that once you've prayed, once you've believed, once you've done everything right, you're going to need patience. And that's the most difficult time because, you know, when you've done it all right, you really have this expectation that, you need, you, that you've received it. And remember again that faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's evidence of things not seen. You need to allow your faith to be that for you until the thing arrives. Do you all understand? That's the reason why I'm sort of teaching this right now because... Um, <laughs> Even though it is a part of another course, I really need you to get this understanding and I need you to get this revelation right now, especially in the times that we're living in, that you need patience. And again, he says, for you have need of patience. You have need of patience. <laughs> All right. Notice the word need. All right. He says you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. After you've done the will of God. Now if, you know, family, can I just say this, and I'm taking this for granted, that if you, you know, kind of figure out or the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart and letting you know that something is amiss somewhere, all right, and that you need to repent over something or whatever, can you please do it? Don't put it off. Just do it and get it out of the way. But this is after you've done all of that, because he says after you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. In other words, if you don't have patience, see what's implied here is if you don't have patience, you're not going to receive the promise. When you lose patience, you tend to say things, right? You know, things like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. After you believed you received, you say something like that. By your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. You destroy what is coming your way by what you say. Because remember, it all began by what you said. Because when you prayed, you said something. 
And the only way that you can negate that is to say something else contrary to what you prayed. Your mouth is the thing that sets things in motion, and your mouth is the things that burn things down and bring things to an end. Remember that, okay? So you need patience, which means that you need to watch your language. You need to watch your confession. You need to watch your conversation. You need to be aware of everything that is coming out of your mouth, and you need to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. This is where most faith failures take place <clears throat> because of our unwillingness to persevere. And why? It, uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, we do not want, uh, this is from the NIV, okay? It says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. I want you to understand this. Again, he says, don't become lazy, all right? He says, but you need to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what was promised. Now, these verses clearly show us that we need both faith and patience. I want you to notice he didn't just sort of say patience. He said you do need faith and you need patience <clears throat> to receive the promises of God. Because family, listen to me, once we've prayed in faith according to God's will, all right? Remember again that First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15 tell us now this is a confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, all right? And then it goes in the same, and if we know that He hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of Him, all right? So that's what I mean when I say that once we have prayed in faith according to God's will, you need to find out and establish God's will for your life before you ever start praying. Don't go in there with your list. Go in there, find out what the list is, and then start praying, all right? I've said this before. It saves a lot of time, family. It saves you all the time of you going in, making your demands, and then nothing happens, and then you're trying to work out what's wrong, and then going this, this whole circle where you come back to the place where you kind of go to God, God, what is it that I should be praying for? And then he tells you, you could have started there, but I'm letting you know, okay, look, I'm really helping you out here, right? Okay, so once you, once again, once you've prayed in faith, According to the will of God, unless you receive your answer immediately, you have to contend with either time or adverse circumstances or both, usually, before the manifestation comes. Now, that being the case, we need to learn how to deal with each one of these individually, beginning with time, all right? Or what has been more accurately referred to as, I love this, the battle of the time lapse. <laughs> right? That's Brother Jerry Savelle. He, he had brought that out. I really love that. Okay, so Jesus gives us a brilliant illustration in Mark chapter 4. So let's go there next. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, where he says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Verse 27, and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow and he himself does not know how. I want you to understand that there is a timing to things. I want you to understand that Jesus says that you do the right thing. You cast your seed, and then you need to allow the thing to grow. You know, <laughs> don't be like the kid that, you know, planted a seed, and then he, every morning he runs out and digs up the seed to see if it's there and if it's growing. You can't, you're going to kill the seed if you do that. you got to leave it there. you got to go water it, all right? And that's, that's why we walk by faith and not by sight, all right? Knowing that the seed is there, you just keep watering and allow the thing, you know, allow nature to do its thing, okay? And in the same way, you need to plant your seed, you need to plant your confession, you need to say what you need to say, and allow God to do His thing. 
You fill the water pots with water and you allow God to turn it into wine. You'll have to let, let him do that. You can't do that. You checking it every five minutes won't do anything. <laughs> All right? Okay, but I want you to notice again that the illustration Jesus gives, he, notice he says that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, this he said, this is how it all operates. He says the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Watch now, he's giving a kingdom illustration here. And should sleep by night and rise by day. He didn't say who should stay up all night worrying about it. <laughs> okay? You should sleep. And you should rise by day. Don't sleep all day either. All right? Okay? You go to sleep at night. You wake up during the day. All right? And watch, he says, and the seed should sprout and grow. The seed will do its job. The ground will do its job. Whatever you plant in there, it will grow. You just need to put something in there. All right? And he said, he himself does not know how. So in other words, you having to figure it out. See, you, let me re say, restate that a different way. You don't need to figure out how the thing is going to grow for it to grow. All right? You trying to figure it out, all he's going to do is stress you out. <laughs> okay? So don't do that. You need to have faith in God. Okay? Remember when Jesus talked to his disciples in Mark chapter 11 and he cursed a fig tree and Peter said, you know, brought to his remembrance saying, you know, the fig tree that you cursed is dried up from the roots and Jesus turned around and said, have faith in God, have the faith of God, both of those things. All right? But you understand something that he said, you need to have faith in God. You need to let God do his thing. All right? Have faith in God. And uh, th this is when one you you need to have not only have faith in God I'm giving I'm adding something to it now and I'm letting you know that not only do we need to have faith in God but then we need to have patience and allow God to do what he needs to do in the time that he needs to do it in patience is crucial at times like this so let me say that again patience is crucial at times like this because without patience our faith will fail and we will never produce any fruit in our lives, Jesus brings this out in the parable of the sower and the seed. So let's go to Luke chapter 8. And I just want to look at one verse there. Luke chapter 8. And he says in verse 15. Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. He says, but the ones that fell on good ground or on the good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and good heart. I want you to notice a noble and a good heart, which means it received the word, okay? Didn't fuss with it, right? Didn't say, yeah, but, you know, my uncle did that and he died. Okay, none of that stuff, all right? It received with a noble heart, all right, and a good heart. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. The, the New American Standard says perseverance. The New Revised Standard says endurance, but regardless of it, it required perseverance, endurance, it required patience, but it, it was received. Notice again that the seed fell on good ground and the person heard it with a good heart and a noble heart and they kept it, all right? You need to keep these things in your heart and allow it to bear fruit with patience. It requires you to be okay for it to take some time. Let me say that again. You need to be okay that it's taking a week or a month or whatever it's going to take. You need to understand that whatever time it takes, whatever you prayed for, it will come to pass. Because Jesus said, you will have whatever you say. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. The fact of the matter is, except for the few miracles that take place immediately, everything in God's kingdom takes time. Everything in God's kingdom takes time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We already saw a classic example in Mark chapter 11 where Jesus, I'm bringing this up now, where Jesus cursed the fig tree, verse 14. Remember he said, let no man eat fruit of you ever again. And no, I want you to notice now, it says, verse 20, it says, now in the morning as they passed by. 
So I want you to notice something here. I didn't bring this out before, but I want you to notice something here now that it took time. When he cursed it, this was in Mark eleven fourteen. when he cursed it and said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again, it didn't die straight away. <laughs> Jesus could have stood there and said, hmm, maybe I didn't say that right. Let, let, boys, one second, let me, let me do this again because obviously the thing hasn't died. It didn't fall over dead immediately. So let me, let me attack it a different way. Isn't that what we do? Isn't, you know, once we speak something out and it doesn't happen straight away, we kind of go, well, maybe I messed up. Let's try it a different way, <laughs> okay? Listen, Jesus said it one time. He believed, he received, he moved on. And then... He didn't go check on it. He ne it never says that Jesus the next morning sneaked out early in the morning, went and checked the fig tree to see if anything had happened, and did, oh, thank God, okay, came back. And so, you know, so that his disciples would, would be able to go out there and kind of go, oh, look, Jesus. And he'd go, yes, yes, I know. All right, no, wasn't anything like that. Jesus didn't care what he said. He believed he received. That was the end of it. And then he had patience. And the next morning, it took that time, that amount of time for this thing to actually start showing that what he had said had come to pass. And watch, it says again in Mark eleven twenty. 20, now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, uh, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. Now, let me just get back to something. I want you to notice that the Son of God, I want you to notice that God manifested in the flesh, spoke to something, and it didn't happen straight away. <gasps> Shock face. <laughs> okay? Listen, sweetheart, you need to understand that if Jesus is okay with it taking 24 hours or whatever it took for the thing to actually die and, and, and start to show visible signs, you need to be okay with it too. Amen. I get amen. All right. Okay. I'm hoping you're saying amen. All right. So this immediately tells us that faith in God requires patience. All right. Jesus was well aware of it. And he replied, have faith in God or literally have the faith of God because he had no doubt whatsoever that what he said would come to pass. Now, I've said all that before, so let me move on. What we need to develop the same confidence in God and his word so as to allow enough time for the manifestation to come. Did you hear what I said? You need to allow enough time for the manifestation to come. It is on its way. You know, unless God lied, and God doesn't lie. The Bible tells us very specifically that God does not lie. <laughs> okay? All right. And uh, otherwise, we would never know to believe him. Do you understand? Okay? That he will never lie. All right? So we, we need to understand that whatever he said will come to pass. <clears throat> Amen? And because of that, because, you know, we, we have no doubt, that's the reason why Jesus, because he had no doubt, he believed and received what he said. And so we need to be the same way. We must not doubt. You know, and, and that's something actually, let me, let me just, uh, let me go on to Mark 11, 23 and 24. I want to bring something out in that. It says, for surely I said to you, watch this now. He says, whosoever says to this mountain, now Jesus, this is Jesus' guarantee to us, okay? He says, given enough time, he says, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt. See, the problem is that when we begin to doubt, then we lose patience. You know, we don't want to endure. We don't want to persevere because we're doubting. We're thinking maybe it's not going to happen. And family, can I say this? So many of us, listen carefully to what I'm about to say. So many of us abandon our co uh, confession 
end our conversation regarding what we were believing for because of that, because of doubt. One of faith's greatest enemies is doubt. Some people think it's fear, and fear is one of the great enemies of faith. And, you know, I've done this series on faith, and, and I selected four enemies that I thought were just <laughs> the worst, okay? <laughs> and one of them was doubt because the opposite, because some people have said, you know, the opposite of faith is fear. It's not fear. The opposite of faith is actually doubt. Fear will come and ruin things, okay, that, that you are believing for, but doubt is the actual opposite of faith. And that's why Jesus makes mention of it here. He himself identifies doubt as the opposite of faith, and he says here, listen very carefully to what he says. He says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Does not doubt in his heart, but, I cannot add the words, but believes in his heart. See, if you're not doubting, you're believing. If you're not believing, you're doubting. <laughs> okay? So he put this on either side of that, and he said, uh, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will, will come to pass. He will have what will be done. He will have whatever he says. And that's why he goes in the same verse 24. He says, therefore, I say to you, what things, what, whatsoever things you ask or desire, when you pray, what do you do when you pray? You speak. He says, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. And in other words, he's saying once you do this, you need to be certain. You need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that what you prayed for is on its way. Family, right now there's a lot of things going on. And you need to understand that whatever you're praying for, whatever you're believing for, regardless of how bleak it may look out there, know that God is bigger than all of the circumstances you're going through right now. All of the circumstances that are coming against you right now. And understand something that God will find a way of getting whatever you need to you. Just don't give up confidence. Don't become, don't become impatient. <laughs> All right? All right. Do you understand why I said that this is a word in season? Okay. So <laughs> let me go and look at an example. I was going to teach this conceptually and I thought... I need to give you guys an example. So I'm going to go and I'm doing this, you know, to bless you, to help you with this. I, I want to go to Genesis chapter 12. We know that one person that had to wait quite a while, talk about patience, all right, was Abraham, all right, before he had his son. Now, I want to give you, a, I'm not going to go through his whole life because we don't have time. But let me begin in Genesis chapter 12 because it begins here. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. It says here, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Now watch, and verse 2, I will make you a great nation. He didn't say, you know, I'm going to make you head of something great. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. In other words, from you is going to come a great nation. Do you understand? Now, <laughs> watch this. You might say, well, what's the big deal? Because... Uh, let me go to verse 4 and you will see the significance of what is being said here. And he goes in to say, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Uh, and he says, and in you, all the families, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4, I, I could preach on, you know what, in fact, let me preach on some of this for just a minute. One second, all right? I can't get past this. Understand something that God said. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. 
if there is somebody out there right now and is just thinking, oh, I think I have a curse on my life and, you know, I can't just get rid of it. Understand something, that the blessing of Abraham has come upon the Gentiles, according to Galatians. All right, and you need to understand that if somebody curses you, then you need to allow God to take care of that. You need to allow God to do his thing and also not allow whatever curse is coming your way to take a hold of you. Family, you, they can't curse you. If it comes at you, God said he'll stand in the way and he'll send it back and he'll curse them instead. <laughs> Did you get that? You need to understand something that he said, if somebody does good to you, I'll do good to them. If somebody does bad to you, if somebody curses you, don't be afraid. I'll look after you. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. I will send the thing back. And in fact, whatever they send to you, it'll come back 30, 60, 100 fold return. Wow. Okay. But you need to let that happen. Anyway, let's move on. That was, my, okay. that was a little extra, no charge, no extra charge. All right. Verse four. And so it says, so Abraham departed, departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Um, and Lot went with him, and Abraham, listen, was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So at 75, God says, I will make you, uh, notice again, he says, I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation. In other words, Abraham is now expecting to have kids. At 75, we're going to find out that um, Sarah is actually 10 years younger to him. So she's like 65, and they've never had any kids. Wow. You know, I could just imagine all the angels kind of going, really? Why do we? <laughs> Can we not find another specimen? You know, Can we not find somebody that's young and virile and, you know, got a young wife and we can have like 100 kids? I mean, this is 75 years old and she's 65 and they never had a kid and you want to start with them? This is how God works, <laughs> okay? God is a faith God. So after some time, <laughs> you know, Abraham is... He's not Superman. He doesn't have a cape. All right. This is a man. Okay. So after some time, his patience begins to diminish a little bit. Can we understand? I think we can all understand. And it says in Genesis chapter 15. Remember the promise was in Genesis 12. Now we're up to chapter 15. I have done everything I can to find out the time difference between 12 and 15. And there is nothing that gives me any uh, indication of the time difference. So I can't let you know that. But it, let's just say some time has passed. All right. And so it says after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. He says, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Remember I said, anybody curse you, whatever, remember God is your shield, okay? Remember, the whole blessing of Abraham has come on us now. We've got all of Abraham's blessing on us. Hallelujah, praise God. Now let's go on. And it says in verse two, but Abraham said, here comes a but, right? Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? See, a little complaint here. You know, you said you're going to make a great nation out of me. And, you know, it's been a little while now, Lord. You know, I've been doing my part. Hello? <laughs> I'm not saying any more than that, okay? And, uh, you know, she ain't getting any pregnant, looking the same. So, uh, seeing I have no kid, what's, what's, what's up here? So, anyway, so again, it says, Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I, see, uh, seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? So he had somebody that, just in case he cocked it, okay, before they had any kids, there was somebody that would take over. All right. Verse 3. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. He gets real direct with God now, all right? And may I add, like you promised, all right? Like we have, we have never done anything like this. Oh, no, you know. So don't point your finger at Abraham. Just point it back at yourself. Okay, and so again, Abraham says, look, you have given me you no know, offspring. Uh, indeed, one born in my house is my heir. That means within his household, not from him, okay? Verse 4, 
And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, oops, I made a mistake. <laughs> no, 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 that's what he says. Watch now, he says, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. So what Abraham uh, figured out or what Abraham thought God was saying was exactly what God was saying. When he said, I will make you a great nation, he literally meant that Abraham was going to have kids and the nation was going to come from him. Oh, hallelujah. And so again, he confirms that now and he says, One who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Verse 5, <clears throat> then he brought him outside and says, because Abraham is kind of lost a little bit of hope here. Okay, watch how God is going to give him his hope back. All right. Verse 5, then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Wow, can you just imagine, let's give a bit of time between those two statements. God says, look up, count the stars. And I can just see Abraham going, wow, one, two, three. Oh, did I, that wasn't blink. I think I missed that one. And, there would be just, and remember, he's out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, he, he's looking at the sky that is just open and bare. And you'd be able to see a million stars. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, just beautiful, no smog. All right, and he could just see all of these stars. And I'm just thinking, he just thought, I'm going to lose this. I can't, <laughs> God, I can't, you know, I, I count one set and it's just so many just in one group. There's too many to count. He says, so shall your descendants be. All right, so shall your descendants be. And I can hear, uh, you know, you could just uh, uh, imagine Abraham hearing those words. Every time he went to sleep from then on, every time he looked up at the stars, he would start counting them and he, he hears God saying, so shall your descendants be. Oh, hallelujah. That is powerful. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord. See, his faith kicked back in. And he, that is God, accounted him, that's Abraham, for righteousness. So he counted that as being righteous and right before him, walking in right standing before him, because he believed God. That is a very, that's a key statement there, family, and you need to catch it. Amen? Because God requires your faith in order to do what he needs to do in this earth. Hallelujah. Don't ever, you know, don't be one of those people that think, oh, well, if it's God's will, it's going to happen regardless. There is no such thing. You know, there are some things that are sovereign. But you know what? Why do you, everything that you, uh, 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 let me say this to you. This might bless you. Everything that God gives us by grace, we have to receive by faith. Did you hear what I said? There's nothing that he's going to give you by grace that he's going to let you have it regardless of whether you believe or not. There is no such thing. And people that believe that are deceived. Listen to me, everything that God gives by grace, you have to receive by faith. By grace have you been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, and so on and so forth. Do you understand? But you required faith to receive what God gave by grace. Hallelujah. And that applies to everything in God's kingdom. That's what I'm looking for. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. What I've said here is, you know, once he believed God, <laughs> I've said here, you'd expect the next thing to happen is that for Sarah to say to Abraham, Woo, I'm pregnant. Wow. Okay. And uh, it didn't happen. Now God has said, look at the stars. He said, it's going to come from you. And, you know, I mean, can we just be real? You know, just you and me. Okay. There's nobody else now. Just you and me. You know, if God said that to me, I'd be going, okay, this is going to happen now. Because he said, look at the stars. That's, 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 somebody's coming from your lines. Okay. So go do your thing and let's have a child. <laughs> okay. is what I'll be thinking. All right. So okay, I'm, I'm playing with you. But you understand what I'm trying to say. This is what happens to so many of us. We believe for something and we then, you know, then we expect it to happen straight away and guess what when it doesn't we get discouraged listen to me listen what happened from the time that God says this and the time that Abraham has, has a kid it's 25 years from Genesis 12 
to the point in time when it says that Abraham is going to have kids in Genesis 21. So let's go there and let's quickly read that because I've run out of time. And it says in Genesis 21 and verse 5, how do we know that? Because it says, now Abraham was 100 years old. Did you hear that? Okay, before we said he was 75. Now it says Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. This is Genesis 21, 5. Verse 6 says, And Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and all who hear will laugh with me. So she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in his old age. She was 90. He's 100, and they had a kid. Wow. Okay, that was, that's, that's patience. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? All right. So you need to understand, I'm going I'm to leave it there because I have run out of time. I want to go and look at another aspect of patience next time we come back. Um, and uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'll start preaching on it. But I need you to understand that once you have done the will of God, once you have prayed, once you have believed, you need patience. Abraham needed patience in order for him to receive the promise. God promised that he would be the father of many nations. And guess what? 25 years later, the promise was kept. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Oh, you know, let me just say this, God speaking to me. Uh, please don't think it's going to take 25 years for yours to come. You go, I'm going to be dead by then. Okay, that's, that's not the point of this illustration. This is to let you know that however long it takes, God will come through. Amen? Amen. Now, let's have every head bowed, every head closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and I thank you, Father, for your promise. And we thank you, Lord, that we make a determination right now that we will not lose patience, that we will be patient, we will believe, and we will stay strong throughout this whole situation, throughout whatever is going on in our life. We just thank you, Lord, that we will have faith in you, and we will not doubt. And we thank you as we do, that we will, we will receive the promise. All your promises, in fact, in Jesus' name, amen.